Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, I'm hanging out with Evelyn Powers, who runs an agency called Design Powers, who's been around for 23 years in business. She's earned beyond the seven figures over that duration of time. One of the most interesting things that we were just talking about is how she's actually had about 10 of her mid-sized clients for over 15 years. So talk about client retention. We are going to get into all of that stuff. Evelyn has been into this business since the quote-unquote dawn of the desktop computer. She graduated MICA as an introverted art chick. She founded her agency in 1996 and also co-hosts a live radio show for women entrepreneurs and, and runs an organization called Awesome Women Entrepreneurs. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit as well. Evelyn, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brent. I was so glad to be here and um, just thrilled to ha- get the chance to talk to you. Yeah. And you've been uh, a client of, of you gurus uh, for a long time. You've been a uh, part of our community, a valued member, and uh, and it's really cool to have an opportunity to bring you on to our show. I know I've been on your your uh, uh, live radio show before, so I feel like this is, this is going to be fun. We'll probably pick up where we left off um, and talk a little bit about your agency. And, uh, and yeah, this will be exciting. Excellent. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I did the uh, initial 10K boot camp with um, Jonathan Hinshaw, and it was it was excellent for that mind shift that I needed. And you know, I will get into that. Just all the various mind shifts that we need as we you know traverse through this career. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you. I mean, you started this business i mean i think for for i mean there are people that are getting into this business today that weren't yet born <laughs> when you started oh, right yeah. so like i mean just 23 yeah. years you know we we you know my my agency has started in 2000 uh but you launched design powers actually in 1996 so like on the front side i mean before like the really the dot com bubble and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the internet was still like 1996 was kind of, I mean, the, the World Wide web was there. There was AOL. I mean, but mostly what you were doing at that time was, was focused more on, on design, right? So maybe just take us a little bit back in time, you know, 1996, like why did you decide to go out on your own and start a business versus like going get a job somewhere? So I, I graduated school as a as a graphic designer actually in the late 80s and so I worked for several firms for about 8 or 9 years but I got married and you know I saw my older sister kind of doing the slog with daycare and her you know really young children and I remember thinking to myself wow if I want to have a child that's going to be tough working 50 60 hours downtown and you know when do you get to see your kid 
And so um, that really was the impetus for it. And graphic design seemed to be, you know, even though the internet was still dial up, you could do a lot of stuff through phone calls, email and couriers. And it still allowed you to do a lot of work at any time during the day. So I just thought, you know, I, I had two freelance clients and I just thought, you know, let me give it a shot and, and see what happens. And so I actually started the business before I had kids figuring, you know, I wanted to be able to have like the foundation. And the other thing that my husband and I did is we made sure that we bought a house that we could afford just on his salary in case my business didn't succeed. Um, so there were a couple strategic decisions that I made just to get that that start. That's a really important lesson, especially for those that are uh, embarking newly on the journey of, of kind of trying to reduce your risk profile or uh, living between you know living within your means versus thinking to yourself in the back of your mind like oh we can you know afford this bigger house or we should you know I can just put stuff on credit for now because you know my business is going to take off I mean I know when I when I first started my business I had a little bit of that going on where I was thinking oh just around the corner we're going to have a really big year and I can kind of pay this off and I think that uh, I had to learn that lesson the hard and painful way of overextending in the early days and I think that you know what you're what you're saying from your story is uh, it's probably a smarter path. Yeah, I'm. I you know I I come from a pretty frugal background, and I think you know both my parents, their parents were immigrants, and you know so there is sort of that you know um, feeling like you sh- you should prognosticate the worst and hope for the best kind of thing, but definitely strategizing and planning out before maybe taking um, the leap. You know, but still, t- still being willing to take the leap, and um, but p- being responsible about it. So I, and conversely, though, I will say sometimes that can hold you back too, because then you're, if you're too risk averse, then you're not willing to take the leap. And I do think you need to, as an entrepreneur, have some guts and take some risks. So calculated risk is, yeah, that's a good word for it. You mentioned some things that are you know still still around obviously people spend a lot of time making phone calls and uh and emails and and probably even mailing stuff for their business but you even mentioned kind of that you know using couriers to to probably send around work or design comps or things like that so things have probably changed a little bit over the last 23 years in terms of what you're doing in your business was there ever a moment early on, especially with the, you know, the advent of the internet, where you kind of saw the writing on the wall, or you saw some kind of change happening, and you kind of said, "Oh man, I, I better make some some modifications or think about my business differently." Absolutely, probably it was it was fifteen years in because, as I said, I had a, a pretty good, solid foundation of print design clients. But what 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 I was seeing is that the marketing dollars were going more towards the internet and less towards print design. Therefore, you know, the work that was coming to my way was frankly just not as interesting. And I was also getting a lot of people who were asking me, hey, will you build me a website? And believe it or not, I mean, even in uh, print design and web design are two very, very distinctly different careers. And of of course, I didn't really realize that, but I, you know, started to take classes and 
I just saw that I was like, if I'm really, really going to get into this, I really need to go all in. And that's kind of how I wound up finding you and a couple other more web design and UX and and the business side of running a digital agency. And it, it was really, really kind of different than what I had been doing. So you're, and I think that's a really important point to highlight of just kind of listening to what the market is telling you, uh, not mm-hmm. in, in the way of, uh, it's easy to kind of fall into that shiny object syndrome uh, trap where just because somebody mentions Instagram doesn't mean that you re-pivot your entire business around Instagram or whatever the newest tool is that comes out. Uh, but what you saw or heard was maybe some consistent requests for whether, you know, because in your client's mind, they associated the web or design with the the nearest designer that we know, right? Oh, here is Evelyn right. who does our print stuff. Uh, right. We need somebody to design this thing on this screen. So let's just grab the closest designer to us and ask you to do that work. Uh, but I'm sure if you, you hear that one or two times, maybe you shouldn't pivot your business to it. But what, I, what I'm hearing from you maybe is that you heard... You, you started getting that question a lot and then you started to take some proactive steps to uh, learn about that and then actually adopt that into your business model. Well, I mean, the other part of it too is because I had been doing graphic design for a long time. I, I was really interested in what was going on on the web. I, I wanted it, uh, you know, it just, it's a lot more dynamic. There's a lot more things that have to be considered. And, um, you know, I wanted to pivot in that direction too, just simply because, it's cool. (laughs) And, um, you know, so yeah, I I think a lot of the people that were reaching out to me, they knew me to be disciplined, consistent, they trusted me. um, And they knew that I had great design skills. But when you try and, you know, in in one way, uh, print design skills um, can actually hinder you a little bit when you try to transfer that to the web. So I really, really needed to be a lot more open-minded and pivot in such a way where I wasn't just relying on sort of these tried and true skills that I had and really open myself up to taking risks and and learning new things and reaching out to a whole different kind of community of people. Were there challenges that you had to go through in, in that pivot of changing or adding that to your uh, repertoire? Oh yeah. So many challenges. Definitely what I would say was the, the biggest challenge was my, you know, my confidence and just not, well, I, I didn't know any of the processes or any of the things that really are involved um, in building a website. And so I, I just kind of took a risk, though, and I wound up, um, and this is how I found you, is I wound up bidding on a website job. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know how I did it, but I wound up bidding it at 10K, which was great. But, um, and it, it, it was an adequate budget for um, a pretty ambitious site, but then I was like, "Oh wow, now I got to build this thing, and now I got to, and now I got to find like the people that can help me do it." And because I had the design skills and was really, you know, trying to figure out that part, but I didn't know how to actually build a website. And I wound up meeting somebody through your program, who um, he helped me build the site in WordPress. And, you know, it was kind of like the beginning of just really opening my eyes to the complexities of web design and development. 
and the business side of it too. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a lot different than um, doing print design work. Hey, agency owners, are you currently building, managing, or optimizing WordPress websites and struggling to keep up or becoming the bottleneck? I'm excited to announce Unlimited WP, a white-label team that can help you do more with less. Whether you're building a WordPress website, doing updates, or maintenance and backups, you can assign all those tasks and more to Unlimited WP so you can free your time, make more money, and focus on what's most important. Get 25% off your first month by using the code DAS2020 at unlimitedwp.com to start today. Now let's get back to our interview. As part of your intro, I mentioned this point about how you've had uh, ten, at least ten clients for for over fifteen years. Uh, which you know, when we think of like the word retention or lifetime value, uh, I think a lot of people hope to have clients for you know two, three, maybe five years. That would be a great lifetime value for a client. Uh, what are some of the things that you've done in order to keep clients happy and coming back to design powers for follow-up work and, uh, and continued support? Um, definitely my um, consistency. I'm consistently on time. Uh, I think the quality of my work has, you know, kept, kept my clients pretty happy. Being very approachable. Uh, it's easy to work with me. And definitely, I'm going to say in the last decade, I really, really do a lot to just educate and guide my clients. I'm not an order taker. I listen, I, you know, I always am very, very kind of quiet at the first meeting because I really want to listen to what um, my client says to me. But then I've gotten a lot more confident about, you know, giving them my expertise. And I have to say, um, I usually can get it on the first, if not the second try. And so they're pretty happy with being able to, you know, get what they need pretty quickly. And that probably says a lot about just how long I've been doing it too. So there's not like this long, super long protracted process because I get it. I can get it pretty quick and then turn it right around. And so I, I think my my struggle now is because my client is kind of the type of client I'm uh, working with is changing. And then I've been doing a lot sort of changing my platform to find things that I like better. And so that's created sort of new challenges for me. A couple of things you mentioned consistency on time or timeliness aren't mm-hmm. big, crazy ideas. Uh, sometimes no. I, I feel it's easy to over-promise, tell people, oh, we're going to deliver the, the world to you and we're going to deliver it in seven days, right? Versus being, you know, you know, approachable and, and upfront with people about that. But also in, in delivering a consistent experience that clients really do like that. They like kind of having, you know, having maybe for, for a lot of people, it's better to have a, a, a known resource than, you know, some crazy top talent or, or whatever that's, you know, that that's hot and cold or all over the place. I mean, I know I've worked with contractors that are, you know, extraordinary, but you know, you can't actually get them to do anything that you need them to do. And so I think that's such a powerful message for people of just kind of doing what you say you're going to do and, being consistent in what you deliver to your clients. If you just do those two things, that 
there's a high probability that your clients are going to come back, you know, for more. I mean, assuming kind of permission to play that you have, you do great work, but I think that clients, uh, those are understated, undervalued in terms of what people talk about of like how to wow clients and deliver results and those kinds of things. You know, sometimes it's just being there and being consistent with them is going to keep them around. Well, and like I have two children, the both of them are in college right now. And that's what I say to them. I say, I, I say, if you are disciplined, you're consistent and you're kind. And I kind of call it like my top three is no matter what profession you're in, if you're, if you have those three things, you are going to be successful. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, people, People are really super busy and they want to trust, they want to find that vendor, that contractor, that business that they can trust. And if they find that, unless you really screw it up, they're going to keep coming back to you because they trust you and you you deliver. I mean, what else is there, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, you look at it in, in your own life and pretty much anything that you're going to go for. Yeah, every now and again, you're like, hey, let's try out a new thing. But generally, you know, as you're in your really super busy life, you're going to go for the tried and true because you know, hey, I, 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 always, get a, I always get a great or a, a really good result. So why wouldn't I? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the space that I've always tried to be in. Obviously, you know, like sometimes I'll really, really like try and go outside of what I've done for someone and really try and do something super unusual. But generally, I would say that most clients, they really just want a quality, reliable job on time and for, you know, a good price and they'll keep coming back to you. I think in the, in the corporate world, a great example of this is Starbucks. Where yeah, you know that absolutely is it the best cup of coffee in town? No, by for a long shot, no, right? But you know, is it the best sandwich or the best pastries and and stuff like that? No, but you know, you can go to uh, a Starbucks in in New York or in Austin, Texas, and order a pumpkin light loaf and uh, you know an Aventi uh, Pike roast coffee, and it's it's going to pretty much taste identical. And I think that that's something that we probably under, I just, I think we underplay this so much in our businesses of just, if we can just deliver a consistent experience, first and foremost, that's kind of a, you know, that's, that's almost like one of the first wins that you should have. Uh, And then from there, you can kind of get fancy or get, you know, make things kind of, you know, add some whiz bang kind of later. But I feel like in the agency space, especially, you know, just around like, I mean, I'm sure any listener right now, just think about your timelines that you give clients, you know, how often are those timelines, you know, actually delivered on, um, you know, are appointments met and kept? Are people, you know, do you show up on time? Do you deliver the work you say you're going to deliver when you say you're going to deliver it? Even, even from the sales process of when you're delivering quotes and proposals, you know, and, and things like that. I think that if we all took a self audit from, from Evelyn's experience share, probably could all just do a little bit of work on the consistency and reliability side. Well, and also uh, to use another, you know, kind of fast food analogy, I just read something about how McDonald's, you know, which has been around and is probably the king of consistency. But um, I think it was like two years ago, they decided to stop using frozen patties for their hamburgers because of I obviously they were probably noticing that there was a drop off in people eating hamburgers and they saw that there was a 30% increase in 
the sales of their hamburgers. So you, so at the same time, when you're being consistent and reliable, you always have to make sure that you are noticing trends in your competition. And if you need to iterate and pivot and do something better, that it, you know, you, you want to be sure that you're aware of that too. So I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I rest on my laurels because I do, I am always researching and looking at what others are doing and trying to make sure that I'm in, incorporating some of that stuff into, you know, what we do because definitely in digital design and strategy, it's changing weekly. It actually changes daily. It's sometimes it just feels like you just will never know everything or even 10% of it. So um, yeah, discipline, consistency, but always keeping your, um, your eye on, the, on what's going on and iterating and reinventing and pivoting when, need, when you need to. You have a, I don't know if it's a side project still or kind of a half thing, but you took uh, an innovative way of getting out into your community, getting involved. And I know this has been a big part of how you attract new clients and network and build a support ecosystem. It's an organization called Awesome Women Entrepreneurs. Can you just give our listeners a quick elevator pitch on what that project is all about? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I took a year long leadership course and it really made me understand how you know valuable it is to be more of a leader within your community. So me and um, another woman who had also taken the course started a women business owner networking group. Now it's primarily social, but there were um, business components to it. And one of the mandates that we had is that the women had to, you know, create their own services and products. So it wasn't women that were just um, doing sort of multi-level marketing. It's women within the community getting together, socializing, learning to trust each other, and then collaborating and supporting each other in their businesses. And so we meet monthly. And again, as I said, it's primarily social, but what happens is organically through these monthly meetings, you begin to find that trusted source for a a service that you may need in your business. You know, like I needed a trademark lawyer, or if I need a writer or a photographer. I mean, these are all things that I need to help my clients. So now I sort of have this community of women business owners that I can turn to that will help me to serve my clients. So it kind of went... And then the other part of it that was really important for me is it kind of got me out of my introverted box. I... I, began doing a lot more speaking. We started a, um, a interviews, kind of like your program, Brent, where we, but it's on live radio, community radio. And every week we interview women entrepreneurs and they, and I ask them questions about their business. And then we've repurposed it and turned it into a podcast. So, you know, it, it just helped me to get out of my office and to meet other business people and to stretch myself because, you know, I have a tendency to just kind of head down, go at it. And I think, you know, you always have to be just, again, reinventing yourself and trying to do things that are outside of your comfort zone because that gives you the confidence to take on more. 
Yeah. How many total uh, women entrepreneurs has your group uh, impacted or or affected in some way? Gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say thousands. Um, you know, at any given time, we have a couple hundred that are active members, but through you know our podcast and our networking, and um, and now we're doing once a year um, meetings. Uh, we we get a lot of um, women that at least will attend a meeting, if not two. And yeah, it's it's been really really gratifying. And as I said, for me personally, just helped me kind of build my confidence. Has it uh, been something that's, that's that's directly resulted in business and new projects and clients? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But part of that for me was then pivoting my own business so that I could serve uh, women entrepreneurs. And so part of that has happened this year where I've now for my digital offerings, um, cha- I changed platforms um, and then we came up with sort of a lead product that was um, specifically targeted towards women business owners and one to three service businesses. Probably want to niche down further, but we're still kind of in that figuring out space with what niche we want to, you know, get even more detailed into. But yeah, from awesome women, I have uh, gotten a lot of business and I've also given a lot of business. So it, it, it's been a wonderful um, community to cultivate and be part of for sure. So yeah, if anyone wants to go to Awesome Women, check it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll link out. <laughs> I mean, it's to... still pretty re- pre- it's pretty regional. Um, we we tried to kind of break outside of the DC region, but it you know it it then it gets a little less controllable. Mm. So we decided to keep it just kind of within the DC region for now. And um, but I, it's definitely it, uh, um, it's been great. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. And I, I like to hear uh, your your renewed focus on that. I've I've been around and, and working with you for a while, and I think some of that work was through uh, awesome women entrepreneurs. And um, and I'm not advocating that our listeners, you know, in order in order to get business, uh, please create a second organization and create events and build a community membership, right? But I think what so I'm not advocating that because I think the work that I know you have put in and your partner has put in the hours and the just the the stress of starting and running a group and doing the things that you've done, I think it's amazing that it has worked well for your business. But I, I think what I'm more interested to learn from you or have you teach our listeners for, for a couple of minutes is about how, how to get more out of those groups because uh, you have been somebody who started a group. It's a successful group. That's a really hard thing to do. Um, and that probably would deserve its own podcast just to d- dig into that. But let's say I'm, I'm a business owner and I am thinking of joining a group like Awesome Women Entrepreneurs as a way to get that personal and professional support, but also to grow my business. Uh, are there any kind of any advice that you can give to people that are thinking about growing their business in that way like you have through a group like Awesome Women Entrepreneurs? Gosh, I, I feel like it's a little bit rote, but again, the word consistency comes up because because it's a social networking group you do have to attend the meetings. I know that sounds kind of silly, but if you don't go and attend the meetings and you don't make these personal, you know, touches with people and then simply following up, 
whether it's, um, you know, I, I think it's, would sort of depend for me, um, being in the digital space, what I've done is I, I, I'd simply call people and I, I know that's kind of old school or email them or I'll, you know, I'll contact them on Facebook and I'll just let them know, you know, what we're doing. I've also hosted, um, lunches, do speaking. And of course I have the podcast, but for people who want to try and leverage networking groups, it's a matter of showing up and trying to offer something of, you know, whether, whether you can then um, speak in front of the group. I see a lot of the women and awesome women that will say, Hey, I would really like to be able to, you know, talk to, you know, be a speaker at the meeting. Um, They'll get on the radio show. That's another way. And then we leverage that all through social media. You know, I, there, there could be opportunities for then doing some kind of, um, workshops or webinars or even online courses. I've seen all of that with the women that have joined the group, um, trying to leverage their business in that way. It's just about being proactive about continually making the connections with other people that you know could, you can help them and they can help you. But you can't just like go to one meeting and be like, oh, well, that, you know, that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get 20 leads from the first Awesome Women Entrepreneurs, right? And, you know, and and sometimes too, honestly, Brent, like the sales process can be kind of long. Like I've, I've sometimes with some, some people they are like, yeah, I really need a website and you sound perfect. And then I'll, you know, I'll reach back out with them to not to, to be, you know, too annoying, but a couple times over the course of a few months. And it, it may take that long. Other times I've had people who meet me and they're like, yeah, I, I, I need to talk to you. And I'm talking to them within a week. So, yeah. um, it, a lot of it is just, you know, what your value is and then, um, and then how you, tell your story and create that value to, you know, the potential client. But I, you know, it's, it's definitely a give and take. Yeah. Hey, what's up agency owners. As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that is fast to set up and delivers my clients websites with the speed the internet demands. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme set up valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. And I think that's a good message for anybody that is participating in groups. I know there are groups like BNI and others that have formal lead, share, lead. uh, they, they, They make time for that. But I think in... Most groups where leads happen more organically or business and collaboration happens more organically, I think that's a really good message for people that it, it's not going to probably happen on your first meeting. And because, um, I mean, it comes back to that this word of trust that people, when it comes to marketing and sales, I mean, the reason that people are going to work with your agency or not work with your agency is probably going to be some kind of function of trust that they they might like what you're doing, but they might not trust that either 
you can actually get them the same results or they might trust not trust themselves in uh, in investing that money with you and following through for whatever for whatever reason uh and that tr- i think trust in in relationships in general are they are built over time you know we say uh you know uh relationships equal interactions over time and uh and so i think if you are looking at a group like yours uh and listening to Evelyn talk today if you are looking at those types of groups to grow your business then i think you have to be willing to play the long game or at least the medium game but probably not the short game yeah, and I've I've definitely been to B and I meetings, and um, and I'm also the me- uh, a member of our chamber. So you know, I and and I go to meetups. So I actually try and um, really go to a lot of different you know events. And then your community, which is national, but well, actually it's international. You know, and I I still try and reach out to people, um, you know, via Facebook or even on um, private messaging. So there's all kinds of ways to really leverage the different kinds of networks that you have. And not all all of them have to be in person, but the ones that are in person, you do have to show up and and you will get results. But yeah, it's it it takes a little bit of time. Even B and I, you're not necessarily you know get a job right off the bat. I mean, people still need to be able to see you every single week. And um, I, I always felt that there was a, a little bit more too much pressure, but you know, because I'm not, I don't look at myself as a salesperson, but. You know, it, it really depends on the type of business too. I, I see with BNI, it's more of sort of like professional financial businesses and insurance and real estate and things like that. And I don't, you know, maybe website building would work, but um, I don't know. Well, this has been super fascinating, Evelyn. I think we've talked a lot about the uh, the group and the program that you have started with Awesome Women Entrepreneurs. Uh, some of the pivots that you've made in your agency to stay relevant and on the front line. Also, some key ideas around consistency and uh, in, in delivering a great experience for your clients so they stay uh, they stay customers for 15 plus years. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you're more ready than anybody I've ever asked that question to. So. Well, Brett, uh, I listen to your podcast all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> you're like waiting for the day that he asked yes. me, are you ready? All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Definitely from my mother-in-law who said, you can do it all, just not at the same time. And that really helped me out when my kids were little and I was running my business because, yeah, you can do it all, but definitely not at the same time. <laughs> Those words are going to like keep me up tonight. I'm like, ah, dang it. I can, I can, I can do it all, but I'm trying to relate. You can can relate. Totally relate. Uh, Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Definitely running. Um, And and not just for the, the health benefits, but more like for confidence. You know, I would find like if even in business, like something came up, I, I could remind myself, oh, you ran 10 miles in 10 degree weather you know, you can do this. And then the other part, I think with running that's so purposeful is that, or confidence building is that you can travel anywhere and you know, I can get away or I can, you know, I can, I can do anything and because I can run. (laughs) Mm. So um, running, which I'm not doing enough of right now, but it definitely is something I've done for 20 years. And it's changed my life for sure. And you're also around other people who run, which is, uh, you know, good stuff. 
Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Definitely my Google Calendar is my spirit guide. And But this is another thing that I wanted to piggyback actually on another podcast interview that you did with Blair Enns. He talked about binaural beats and I was very intrigued when I heard him talking about that. So I looked it up and I've been using it ever since. And me and my niece, she works with me. We've also really gotten into um, like Tibetan bowls and releasing negative blocks and vibration and stuff like that. So that was all thanks to your podcast with Blair and talking about binaural beats. So I highly recommend them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll link back to that episode. And I remember leaving that episode and I I went upstairs and I was talking to my wife and I was like, man, I just do not have an adequate morning routine after talking with Blair, I felt, I felt very inadequate about what I did when I woke up, but, uh, but I, we will link back to that and we will also link out to, to, to a resource for that. What book would you recommend and why? Um, so I just picked up reading on yourself, <laughs> get out of your head and into your life by Gary John Bishop. And it's, it's actually a short workbook. And the reason I wanted to pick it up is because I do find that I can, Become, I have periods of being super self critical and second guessing myself. And it's just a great little workbook for kind of clearing out the head trash. And, um, you know, I have no attention span. The brevity of it is key. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just find I need sort of these constant reminders to just appreciate what I've created and to not be so self critical. So I, I, yeah, I recommend his book. One other thing I wanted to recommend too that I find super helpful is there's this Argentinian singer and songwriter. Her name is Duana Molina and I'll, you know, I'll send you the link to her stuff, but she creates this like amazing oral tapestries of like just this incredible thought provoking music that I find really helps me focus And partly she doesn't sing in English. So it's also just this incredible background music that's really, really good for focusing and calm. So I I know that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll link out to that. Definitely get us the, the, the link and we'll, we'll link to that. Good time to, to plug the, uh, the show notes so you can check out that resource uh, and all the other stuff that Evelyn mentioned today on our show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're on the road or on a run, definitely check that out on our website. Again, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Evelyn, how can, our, uh, how can our listeners find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, yeah, definitely. You can um, go to my website, designpowers.com. And um, if they go to backslash brand your biz, that's B-R-A-N-D, your biz. I'll, I'll give that, that link to you. We have a quick guide that, of some questions that they can ask. And, you know, it's just a, it's just a really handy guide for them to use um, branding their business personality. And it's just a one pager. There's also a little bit of an audit, but it's super, super simple. And they can even print it out and just ask themselves some of the questions to figure out if they have a good business brand. 
Sweet, sweet. So we will link out to uh, your your website, designpowers.com, also to that free resource for our listeners. So definitely check that out from Evelyn. So a uh, lot of amazing stuff today. So you guys can check out those resources again at yougurus.com forward slash podcast or just go to the Yougurus website, click on podcast, and Evelyn's episode will be right up there at the top. Evelyn, thank you so much for stopping by the program this week. Thank you, Brent. It was wonderful to talk to you. Awesome. And that is it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.